0: Yesterday, we got to hear the voices of several Seoul citizens telling us why they were taking part in the boycott Japan movement by not buying clothes from a controversial Japanese fashion brand, not drinking their favorite beer, and even by cancelling their vacation plans in Japan. The most common reason shared among them was to express their anger and show their support. Today, let's take a step back uh, to grasp a bigger picture of consumers' motivation for boycott participation. Professor Jill Klein, consumer behavior expert from the University of Melbourne, joins us on the line for further discussion. Hello.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, Let's start with this question. Uh, Can you give us some famous or well-known examples of successful boycott movements fought against a certain corporation or country in history?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think... um, you know apartheid the ending of apartheid, where boycotts played a uh, uh, a big factor, so the ending of apartheid in South africa uh mm-hmm. was precipitated in large part by you know worldwide boycotts on on South Africa and some south african countries and uh so that was certainly something that was uh, pretty successful um mm-hmm. Recently in the United States, there's been a successful boycott. So when the state of North Carolina enacted legislation, it's known as the bathroom legislation or the bathroom law that said that you have to use the bathroom of the, the gendered bathroom of your biological uh, I sex, and so that affected um, trans uh, people, um, and... Uh, there was a big backlash, and it cost North Carolina over $3 billion. Um, mm-hmm. Now, that was in large part because movie companies, TV companies who were filming there, there was a big corporate response um, that hit the state very, very hard in the, in the pocketbook. And um, the law was repealed, and the companies agreed to go back to North Carolina.
0: It hit them where it so, hurts.
1: Yeah, so that was that was an example of um you know a boycott being successful. Um I see. but also I think you know it's it's um sometimes difficult to know, you know, what makes a boycott uh successful. What metrics do you use?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about Korea then. Uh there's a nationwide boycott movement It's going over a month now with more than 60% of the public is supporting the boycott. Um, but there are some skeptics, too. Uh, skeptics too. Uh, how do you define a successful boycott movement?
1: Yeah, well, um, there are a lot of different ways that you can define it. You could define it by what's the percent of the population participating, mm-hmm. what's the size of the sales loss, Um, so on those two metrics, it sounds like the boycott in Korea is pretty successful. It's very, um, broadly participated in, and it it does look like there's some figures coming through suggesting sales loss. Then there's, you know, do you get a formal apology for the company or the country that you're boycotting? And, you know, that hasn't, uh, that hasn't happened yet. Or you look for a change in policy, like in the North Carolina case, there was a change in was a change in law mm-hmm. um but it's interesting because it also has to do with why people are boycotting so sometimes a boycott is it's, you're not expecting to bring about change you want to just express anger mm-hmm. and so it may be that in korea some of the people who are boycotting they kind of don't expect japan to change their trade decisions um but they want to express outrage at those decisions. They want to punish. And that's often a motivation for boycotting. And if that's the motivation, then if you successfully punish the company, so if they, if they lose money or suffer other kinds of losses, then you could say that the boycott has been successful.
0: I see. Well, uh, tell us about your research. Uh, I understand you laid out uh, four factors uh, on the consumer motivation. And um, that four factors would be to predict uh, boycott participation, right?
1: Yes. So we studied a boycott where a company uh, closed some factories, and this was in Europe, and there was a lot of protest against that. It was front page news for a couple of weeks. And um, a survey that we did showed that over 90% of people were very, very angry, that these factories had been closed Um, but only about sixteen percent were boycotting so the question was you know what is keeping people from getting over that bridge from anger to actually taking action and Mm -hmm. what's helping people get over that bridge and what we found is that um, a couple of things that helped people translate their anger into actually taking action was if they felt like they wanted to make a difference. So they felt like, you know, it's important for consumers to vote with their dollars. And it does make a difference when you do that. And then it's important to participate in that. Mm-hmm. And so when people believed that, they were much more likely to boycott. The other thing we saw was a little bit more personal, that it just made people feel good. So they thought something bad had happened mm-hmm. and it felt good to participate, it was what we called self-enhancement. So it it increased their sense of identity. So you could imagine that happening in Korea, right? That if you went and you picked up the Japanese beer, you know, what would that do to your self-esteem at the moment or Mm -hmm. your sense of your identity? Are you being a good citizen? What if your friends saw you with that beer? You know, there are a lot of things that you might be thinking about. Um, And so there's kind of just this personal thing of who do I want to be in this situation? And that's often a motivation for participating in a boycott. Um, And if there's strong national views and there's strong social support for a boycott, then that aspect can be very, very strong. And then two things that kind of get in the way of boycotting Mm -hmm. are um, if, people are presented with a reason why their boycotting could be harmful. So in the case that we studied, the company said, look, if, our, um, if people stop buying our products, we're going to have to close more factories and put more people out of work. And so then for the person thinking about boycotting, then they're in a little bit of a problem, right? They're in a little <laughs> bit of a bind because they want to boycott to help the people who've already lost their jobs, but now they're realizing they could cause further harm. Um, And so people who had heard those arguments from the company and believed them were much less likely to be boycotting. Um, And then the last thing was, you know, how expensive is it for you as the consumer to switch to something else? So in the Korean context, if. Japanese beers is just by far your favorite. It's just you love this beer. It's so much better than any other beer. You know, if that's you, then there's a big cost to, to boycotting. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not so easy to boycott. And um, so you might be less likely to boycott. If to you all beers are pretty much the same and there's Korean beers or there's European beers that you really love, then it's very easy to avoid. Japanese beer. So then it's just sort of the question, what's the cost to the consumer to switch to a product that's not being boycotted?
0: I see. That was very helpful. Thank you, Professor. It was Jill Klein uh, from Melbourne Business School at the University of Melbourne. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. Take care.
0: Take care. And now let's connect with our next guest to discuss another David and Goliath struggle of modern history. The movement is often dubbed in the media with the acronym BDS that stands for Boycott, Divestment and Sanctions. What should the public make of U.S. lawmakers pass anti-BDS resolution? Let's welcome on the line Palestinian rights activist, Uh, Hind Awad, member of the BDS National Committee's International Secretariat. Hello.
2: Hi, it's Hind. Thank
0: you. Oh, Hind. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, Can you briefly tell us about your involvement in the uh, BDS movement?
2: Of course. Um, uh, I'm part of the uh, International Secretariat of the BDS National Committee, which is um, the BNC for short, which is Ah, Palestinian civil society's largest coalition, and it's uh, um, both leadership and reference for uh, the global BDS movement, and it brings together um, uh, you know the widest coalitions in, in Palestinian civil society, bringing together workers, um, uh, professors, um, engineers, doctors, teachers, and everybody else under one umbrella to um, support.
0: Uh, and lead the, the global BTS movement. Mm-hmm. I understand the BTS BDS movement is a Palestinian-led campaign that advocates, uh, as the says, boycott, divestment, and sanctioning of Israel. Uh, it was first launched in 2005. Uh, can you elaborate on the core ideas and goal of the movement? Uh, in other words, what are you and other supporters trying to achieve through this campaign?
2: Of course. The BDS movement was launched in 2005 through a call um, uh, uh, launched by 170 uh, uh, Palestinian civil society organizations. And it came um, after a decade of a um, failed peace process. And um, it marked um, the call was issued on the one-year anniversary of the International Court of Justice ruling Israel's wall illegal yet Israel had continued to build the wall and was not being held accountable uh, for this clear violation of international law and um, it ca- it was issued also or the movement was founded at a time when no form of diplomacy or peacekeeping had succeeded in convincing or forcing Israel to um, abide by its obligations under international law and so Palestinian civil society was in inspired by the the role of international solidarity during the uh, um, anti-apartheid struggle against South Africa, and um, therefore issued the uh, BDS call in 2005, which has uh, three uh, demands. The first one is an end to um, Israel's uh, occupation, uh, which includes the dismantling of the wall. The -hmm. second is full equality for Palestinian citizens of Israel. And the third and most important is the right of return for uh, Palestinian citizens, uh, the, the right of return for uh, Palestinian refugees, based on UN resolution 194, and all of these rights are based on international law, um, and they're seen as uh, sort of the basic requirement for a just peace for um, uh, for a just peace to happen.
0: How does a boycott uh, movement work? Uh, what do you do with those demands?
2: Right, that's a, that's a good question. So an important, um, a few important parts of our movement is that so we've called on conscientious uh, citizens all over the world to join the movement, but have also called on um, conscientious Israelis to join us. And um, our partners in Israel have formed a small but very effective uh, coalition of um, Israeli individuals who support uh, the campaign, as an example. And otherwise, our movement targets um complicit companies and institutions that are um, supporting Israel's um, military occupation and apartheid. And so we're a grassroots, primarily volunteer-run movement, and um, we aim to raise the cost of Israel's oppression of Palestinians by campaigning for the boycott of or divestment from uh, companies that are actively supporting uh, Israel's uh, military occupation and apartheid. And um, now that the BDS movement is uh, 14 years old, it's become clear that it's the most effective form of solidarity with Palestinians, and a truly global movement as well. Um, It's achieved many, many victories. Um, Mm -hmm. Just to give some examples, um, so um, Eolia is a French multinational that um, was forced to exit the Israeli market after a 10-year campaign that costed over $20 billion in contracts because mm-hmm. it was involved in an illegal Israeli uh, uh, light rail in uh, in East Jerusalem. Um, there are many unions around the world that have endorsed CBS. Um Argentina's national soccer team last year canceled a friendly match with Israel, um, several hundreds of artists have signed pledges to um, support the BDS movement amongst other um, other victories.
0: I see. Uh, recently though, the U.S. House of Representatives voted to approve the so-called anti-BDS resolution. Uh, can you explain to us what this newly passed resolution is about?
2: Yeah, um, like you mentioned, um, The House passed a resolution to condemn the the BDS movement, and although it's non-binding, it will have a a chilling effect on free speech, and it um, uh, falsely targets um, the the Palestinians' non-violent grassroots movement to hold Israel accountable. Um, And the resolution also makes a lot of false accusations about the movement, you know, it falsely quotes um, a co-founder of the movement um, and makes several other uh, claims. I think the most um, dangerous one is that it, um, it uh, uh, falsely accuses the BDS movement of anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. And this conflation between um, opposing Israeli apartheid Um, and Israel's crimes with anti-Jewish bigotry um, is very, very problematic, but also, I mean, very offensive. But it's problematic because, um, as more than uh, 40 Jewish groups said in a statement last year, that this conflation undermines both the Palestinian struggle for freedom um, but also undermines the global uh, struggle against anti-Semitism, which we all know is, is on the rise. And so, there were, yeah, so that, that's it. That's, I yeah, see. That was,
0: uh, that well, that's it for today. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you very much.
0: That was Ms. Hind Owad, member of the VDS uh, National Com- Committee's International Secretariat.